And we're back with another episode of Talking to Unicorns. This is Los, and I have a very special guest today. Uh, he goes by the name of Brian Kwa, and he is currently a tech recruiter at YouTube. How you doing, Brian? Pretty good. How about yourself, Carlos? Good, man. Good, good. I pre- like I said, I appreciate your time, uh, the time that you're taking to out of your day to come and talk to us and, and, you know, letting us know a little bit about yourself, a little bit about, you know, your path uh, as a recruiter. And uh, I hope that, uh, yeah, we can dig a little deeper and, uh, and see what, you know, what it's like to be a recruiter at, at YouTube. Yeah, definitely. I'm pretty excited. This is my first time speaking at an event like this, so really honored. Um, I want to thank you guys for reaching out. I think Jenny Hong, especially for coordinating this as well. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I will. I will definitely send out the thanks to Jenny. Jenny is currently out and about, running some errands, working past five. Bless her heart. <laughs> uh, and but here I am uh, holding on to the reins here and hopefully everything will go well um, well let's get started uh, tell us a little bit about yourself Brian and and you know and how it all started long long time ago yeah one sec let me get this gum out of my mouth <laughs> <laughs> so my story is a little bit non-traditional uh, I grew up in a household where I have typical Asian parents where they want me want me to become like a lawyer, doctor, or an engineer, and or a pharmacist. And that's basically the direction I chose because I found bio kind of interesting. And I thought to myself, I can't be a doctor or an engineer. I'm not that smart, right? So <laughs> not to say that being a pharmacist isn't another route for me, but um, I decided to take that route. And on my fifth year, of getting my microbiome degree, I realized that in my lab, I didn't enjoy it. And I figured this was going to be my life for the rest of my life if I chose this route. And I decided to take a totally different route. I went into business instead. I've always thought I was a salesman. I love connecting with people. And um, after, after I graduated, I had an opportunity to work for Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, which was an insurance company. I learned a lot about finances and business and to speed things up, I ran my own business for about three years after my nine to five and that didn't pan out so well. So I decided, Hey, you know, I need to get back to work. I need to get out of debt. I tried my business. It didn't work out. Um, It was a good learning lesson. And one of my friends mentioned, why don't you join tech? You know, you you like talking to people. You're a pretty tech-savvy guy. And I said, yeah, I guess maybe I'll give it a shot. I have nothing to lose. So I joined this boot camp called Always Hired. And they basically gave me the opportunity to learn everything tech. So the CRMs, like what, what their jargon was. What is tech, right? What's Salesforce, you know? And what's a unicorn and things like that. And uh, it was a two-week boot camp that basically jump-started me. I got used to cold calling, and it basically ramped me up to become a tech sales uh, SDR, they called it. So it's a sales development rep. And um, after three months, uh, two months, sorry, I was able to find a job at Demand Force, my first tech company. And they paid pretty decent. Um, all I did was make... Uh, about 60 to 70 cold calls a day, which was like 
pretty tiresome, but at the same time, it was a great founda foundation that set me up for success later on. And my story with that is I was in tech sales for about a year, had the opportunity to work for Uber Eats. And it was honestly a slight step back for me as far as compensation. Um, but it just, you know, my friend was trying to sell me like, hey, this is a great opportunity to have Uber under your belt. And at that time, I didn't really know what that meant. And he said, look, this is a great brand name for you. And this will get you your foot in the door. And I said, you know what? I trust you. I went to lunch with him, really learned the culture, really learned the people over there and just dived in it. And um, in two months, I was doing well enough to uh, basically start leading meetings at Uber Eats. And that caught on where I was bringing some of the teachings from Demand Force and I was starting to lead these sales trainings. And I said, hey, why don't we have uh, tonality trainings or sales cadence trainings? And this basically opened up more opportunities at Uber because my other friend heard about it and said, hey, you know, we have an opening in recruiting or sourcing. How would you like to jump in? It's, it's going to be a contract role, but definitely will compensate you more. Plus, it's a different opportunity for you to learn more about the tech industry. And so I just ran with it. And honestly, that opportunity landed me at YouTube after a year. So it's just my, my learnings is basically just take what you can, really take the opportunity, say yes first, and learn along the way. And I think that type of mentality has gotten me so far. And you know, um, there's more to learn and grow from right now, uh, but this is how I made it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, great story. And, yeah. and, you know, interesting enough because, you know, uh, we do talk about how the SDR role is a good platform to like really start your, like, if you want, if you're looking at sales, if you're looking at recruiting or even like, you know, customer success or something like that, being an SDR is a good little foundation to start in, into your tech world because you get to learn a lot about, you know, what's about, you know, the tech about either, either SaaS as itself or, and, and, and what the company is all about. Um, and on top of that, rejection. Right. Like oh, yeah. a lot, a lot of folks are like, Oh, I don't know about rejection. Well, let me put you in an SDR role. You're going to learn really quick what rejection is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. You don't take it personal anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, and like you said, 70 calls a day, yeah. uh, which I mean, for some folks, it seems like, yeah, it's, that's not bad, you know, but like it can get tiresome. Yeah. Tell me what a day, uh, what a day workday for you was like, you know, as an SDR and then, and then we'll, we'll go into the recruiting and, you know, sourcing and all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, if you want to be an SDR, it's a great way to get your foot in the door for any tech company that does sales. Um, it would look like, uh, exactly that you would do a lot of cold calls, a lot of business development. You have to be really tactful in the way you ask for the sale or in this case ask for the appointment you're basically setting up a demo um, with an account executive you work closely with so once you make a cold call uh, or even a warm call um, you talk about your product you have a quick hook and introduction you learn to be concise uh, 
you learn to be tenacious and you learn to be quick. And once you seal that appointment, you just pass it on to your account executive, set up that time slot. And that's pretty much how you get compensated. And, and then you didn't go from an SDR role to an AE, it sounds like, right? You went from an SDR to sourcing to recruiting. If I, if I sort of got it? Sort of, almost. Um, I guess I kind of skipped through this, uh, but I was an SDR at Demand Force, had an opportunity to go to inside sales for Uber Eats. So I'm the guy that basically did restaurant partnerships for you guys to have those Uber Eats restaurants, <laughs> you know? Got it. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. So you did do a little bit of the inside sales after, after SDR. And then you did uh, inside sales and then you went into sourcing. And so tell us how sourcing was like for you. Like when you first started out sourcing, how, like, were you, were you nervous or what practices did you take from being an SDR inside sales? What practices did you take from those from that field and put it into sourcing and recruiting? Yeah. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't even know sourcing existed to be honest. Um, but it was kind of like a combination of sales. Plus I did a little bit of marketing. I found that pretty interesting. So, so I thought it was both combined. Um, and the similarities is basically, you know, how you make 70 cold calls for, um, for cold calling in SDR over here, you're doing 70 to hundred reach outs per week, high volume where you're sending out messages on LinkedIn, uh, sourcing for talent. Um, and just being very creative in that sense. And I really love that aspect of it. And, and what, techniques, uh, what, what techniques did you bring on board for, for, you know, for being able to, um, to learn sourcing and, and to learn uh, about recruiting? Yeah, I mean, I think just being very creative because people get sourced. I specifically source for engineers and they get sourced all the time. They're getting hit up three to five times a day from either the same company or different companies. And you just have to be creative in crafting your messages. You have to be quick as well. And what I mean by that is knowing when something's not working, right? Like learning to change directions. And I think in a weird way, this kind of ties back into sales and biology where when you run an experiment over and over like a hypothesis that you have and it doesn't pan out to your results you got to switch it up there's a variable in there that you switch up to get the results you want so you have to look at data and ultimately everything's going towards data and big data and if you can analyze your process and realize what's working and what's not working and um Re redirect yourself i think that can lead to success interesting how how like you you just you know put out that it's very data driven then uh the sourcing and, and making sure like you know like let's say for example you send out 100 emails with Ooh. the same headline and you need to figure out how many of those emails got opened you know or you know and then, and then you figure out you know okay well i got 40 percent open rate from this email so 40 percent not bad. It could be better, you know, mm -hmm. and then you, you, and then you change it up a little bit. You see it. What, if that works? So you try that for sourcing, you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. That, um, keeping track of your open rates 
and your actual bookings that you get from that as well. And just learning about your own conversion metrics. It's like a funnel, you know? Nice. And, and, and what are, are you using like uh, some type of uh, uh, spreadsheet to keep this intact, like to keep this info or are, are you, is there a uh, CRM that you use that helps you out? Yeah, we use um, Salesforce primarily to keep track of everything. And as I move on to YouTube and Google, we use a, our own internal system. Oh, okay. Nice, nice, nice. And in and, and, and a situation now, um, I'm going to go back to someone you said, a, a dear friend of yours that really helped you out. And I'm guessing he's like a mentor for you. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he told you, hey, Uber is a great brand name to have under your belt. Uh-huh. Um, how is there any other mentors that really helped you out on your on your career path? And then what have you taken from them that you would like to basically teach others? Wow, that's a great question. I have to think about that for a good one. But um, yeah, I mean, I really owe it to um, my friend Ricky that kind of convinced me to leave, to take that leap. Um, I know I talk about compensation and initially it was a big driving factor for me, but I've noticed like in retrospect, taking a small step back, sometimes you need that to do that in order to take two steps forward. And that's exactly what happens. Um, I guess when you take large risk and, um, I would say Kevin Duong, my friend that got me into recruiting, um, he really opened up the doors for me as far as showing me a different side of things of what tech could be. And if you really put your mind to it, it really isn't um, as difficult as it seems. It's just learning a different thing. And um, I guess Gabe Moncayo from uh, Always Hired Bootcamp as well. Um, he's always been kind of like tough on me and, regard, um, and really direct on what you need to do to be successful. So I really appreciate that as well. And all the leaders at Uber, honestly, the, the culture at Uber was second to none. And they really taught me about just being righteous and just being hardworking. Like it was work hard, play hard over there, you know? So I really enjoyed the culture and the people were there were very supportive. And I honestly wouldn't be at YouTube without them. And yeah. Yeah, no, it, and it's a solid, it's a solid grind. And I'll tell you what, Gabe is still in your face till today. I, I, <laughs> he's still, he's still the same. He, nothing has changed. I know, I know. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean. Um, <laughs> um, so now that, you know, you're at YouTube and now we're dealing with this whole dilemma with, with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that, has anything changed other than, you probably working from home. Um, I know that hiring is slowing down for a lot of companies and us included. Um, really grateful that we have an opportunity to still work, right? So above everything. Um, but I think the landscape is definitely changing. I see articles the other day saying that, you know, Twitter is going to have an indefinite work from home, right? And that's amazing. And also kind of like crazy in the sense where now like companies are rethinking working from home, right? 
you got to be more trustworthy as well as um, they're going to rethink their strategies. And it could be a good thing, right? Less overhead. For Google, it's less less food that they have to cook for us. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like little small things here and there. Um, but I think there'll ultimately be a balance later on in the future of both, right? Having the flexibility of maybe perhaps coming in three or four days out of the week and working from home one to two, right? So, and, and you touched on a subject that I actually am really uh, like interested in the, the work from home situation because, you know, now after this whole, and I posted this as well, it's like a positive out of this whole COVID-19 is that companies are realizing that productivity can remain or even actually increase with working from home, you know, I I know before this there was such sig- there was such stigma, you know, about working from home that people won't get work done. You know, it's not it's not productive. But I think this whole COVID nineteen really changed people's minds. And and like you said, Twitter announced that they're doing this whole thing. And I'm really wondering what other companies are going to follow suit. And because, like you said, um, it will it will change. Uh, a lot of things. Food is definitely one of them because <laughs> they spend a lot of money on food. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, now, since, since, you know, you went from the, from a sales position to now a recruiting position. Um, mm-hmm. What do you, what would you like to tell someone who is interested in going into recruiting, but doesn't have like the experience uh, what, what, what would you tell them? What, how would you tell them? Like, how, how would you explain it to them? Like, what's the way to go into recruiting? Uh, from a person with no experience at all. Right. Uh, straight out of college basically, or just, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's different roles, entry level roles that you can take. I took a really different non uh, traditional route. Uh, but I would say the typical route would be working as a recruiting coordinator which is scheduling a lot of meetings for recruiters and hiring managers. And then um, you could do sourcing and then you could do recruiting. Usually that's the normal route, but there's other companies that have like a full cycle route where they do everything, right? Maybe the, the company's a little smaller. They don't have a sourcing team because it's the work is split up, right? Instead they do everything from the bottom up. Um, also working for smaller, maybe to just gain experience, maybe agencies. Uh, I heard that's definitely a grind, but it's, it's sometimes a grind you just need to know and do so that the next opportunity that arises, you know what you have and you're grateful for it. Right. (laughs) You got to have some bad with the good, right? Definitely. Definitely. Just to, just, you know, in order to know, what's good you need to know what's bad you know like exactly. that's the way i look at it like in order yin to, and yang. Mm-hmm. exactly you need the yin and yang in order to know what's good you need to know what's bad and as sometimes so you know the agency may, may get some 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 bad licks sometimes but it really does help and in, in regards to like uh building that foundation for the person to you know go further in their career if they want to go in-house they want to do you know um uh, startups or big corporations or whatnot. Um, exactly. Yeah. And then what are you currently, are you currently doing anything in regards to like keeping you 
on tabs, like any continued education? Are you listening to podcasts? Are you uh, looking up any articles? What are you currently doing in order to keep up to date with your position right now? Yeah. Um, at YouTube, we have like a group chat going on and we kind of update each other on the latest articles, different strategies, sourcing strategies as well. And um, try to stay up to date in regards to articles on LinkedIn as well as other sources, um, TechCrunch. So I would recommend um, just looking at TechCrunch from time to time. Uh, LinkedIn is a valuable resource for me. I'm always thinking about different ways to reach out as well as um, putting out content. I feel like more and more people are starting to put out more content on LinkedIn, but um, I think for people that really want to put themselves out there, LinkedIn is a great place to start and just really boost up your resume as well as boost up your LinkedIn profile to match your resume. And I actually created a YouTube video on this. Um, I can link that later if you guys want. I really want to make more content on YouTube, but... <laughs> Um, I think that's a great way to um, get found on the search engine now. So, cool. and and social media, uh, you know, social media has become such a a big thing nowadays, right? And then we're, we're talking about self branding, and then this is definitely something that for you is a self branding mo moment for you because you are putting yourself out on YouTube, putting out content to help folks in regards to like their resume, um, anything else, uh, like in regards to their work life experience. What, what is it like, um, what are you saying like in, in regards to resume, how do you build a resume to, for, for a recruiter? Yeah, I, I'm not gonna say that I'm a resume expert, but I definitely know that there's some key components to a resume. And I think uh, always hire kind of lay down the foundation for that. Uh, but it's like bullet points, being very concise with your words and showcasing a lot of metrics. I think sales, of course, they love metrics. So if you look on my profile for my LinkedIn, uh, it's linkedin.com slash Brian dash Kwa. Uh, you could see that I lay out a lot of metrics and conversions. So like, for example, uh, performed 70 plus cold calls that amounted to 20% conversion rate or demos being set, which amounted to $10,000 in business being uh, brought into the company. So you got to speak to what the company is kind of looking for, right? Every company wants to grow. Every company wants more revenue. Are you that person to bring in that revenue, right? And a trick that I've learned is if you have zero experience, Within that, there's something that you can actually bring to the table, but you haven't really thought about it in that angle. For example, let's just say you're a waitress or a waiter. Um, you can say instead of, oh, perform great customer service by talking to my customers, you can spin it and say, uh, waited 25 tables in any given hour, which increased ROI by 10 to 15% with 100% positive customer feedback ratings, right? Something like that. And if I were to look at that versus like great customer service to, you know, my customers, I would rather choose that other candidate that has something more, right? That, that shows me in itself that you're more creative than the other guy or girl. 
And, and this is even stemming like what you touched on is even folks who do not have like a background in recruiting. You uh-huh. just gave an example like, you know, hey, person who is, you know, a server, you know, this is what you can uh, you can use. You can use conversion rates still even as a server. You can use conversion rates even yep. as a as a sales retail person, you know, like uh, it's just talking the the, the lingo for yep. companies to understand to get you to the door. Exactly. You just got to know what they're looking for and um, how to word it and cater to how that applies for you to them, basically. So a really quick way also is um, look at the job description and they'll usually have bullet points and they'll say, this is who you are or what we're looking for. And then you could just plug in what your experience is relevant to that. It's a, it's a puzzle piece, basically. So if you can match that puzzle as close as possible, they're going to, you know, look at your profile. Nice. Great. Great. That's, that's good. That's good advice. Now tell us a little bit about your interviews and how did they go? And, and then, you know, like what did you do in order to prepare for, for your interviews? Yeah. Um, my interviews, man, I'm getting nervous here. It's like you're interviewing me again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean my first, mock interviews at always hired i was never really good at interviews i always get super clammy i always uh freeze up i'm like uh uh i always you know like repeat myself just like this but um with practice and just practicing with friends as well as just being more confident trying to practice that confidence every day i feel like it's not it's not a one-time thing like you're gonna interview multiple times a day so you better get better at it right and my biggest tips I guess would be just having more confidence in the way you deliver your answers Um, pausing before you give your answers a really big one actually I think that's that's a gold nugget so when someone asks you a question why do you think you're a great uh, person for this position pause and just really understand the whole entirety of what they're asking and maybe even think read in between the lines what they're asking too and then just deliver your answer really confidently eye contact as well and just be be confident in yourself yeah be true to yourself yeah and then we also hear about you know folks closing you know like uh, uh tell us a little bit about closing and what have you used in your interviews to close recruiters to close recruiters? Yeah, recruiters or hiring managers or whoever is interviewing you. Oh, I see, I see. Um, Yeah, so I mean, sales basically taught me the close and how that kind of translates into like interviews as well as the recruiters that you're actually trying to close as well is ending with um, a question. Uh, Do you have any questions for me or anything else, any of your concerns I can answer for you? That shows that, hey, you're willing to be vulnerable. You're willing to lay it all out. You're, uh, you're basically saying, hey, choose me. Like, I'm ready to move forward. So ask about the next steps. When can I hear back about the next steps? Do you think, I've even straight up asked, do you think I'm a good fit for this? Like, when I felt like it was a good connection. And some managers told me straight up, yes, I think you are. So sometimes just asking. And I think a lot of people have... Um, they're scared to ask that hard question. And I realize in life, sometimes you just got to ask these hard questions. Otherwise you'll never know. Right. 
Definitely. Definitely. And, and, and then you also alluded when you do ask those questions, like, is there any more, uh, you know, what else are we looking for? Or do you think I'm a good fit? It also demonstrates confidence. You, you come in with a, with a confident, not cocky, but confidence attitude that companies actually do desire confident workers because they're, you know, a confident worker will probably, uh, you know, like, especially in, 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 in a recruiting sense, you know, are able to actually have a good conversation with, mm-hmm. with folks, you know, with, with engineers, with, you know, with C-level execs, if you're doing executive recruiting. So like having that confidence, uh, exactly. it's, it's a great thing. Yeah. Um, and my last question, which I always ask, uh, I always love to ask my, uh, my, my guest here is, uh, you jump on a time machine, you're going back when you were 18 or 20 years old. <laughs> What would you tell yourself? Oh, man. Um, just try more things. Uh, one of my biggest mentors is Gary V. He goes by Gary Vaynerchuk. And he has a really strong attitude like, hey, like you're young. Like life is long. Just try everything. So um, if it wasn't for all the experiences that I got into and failed, like, Maybe my failed, if I'd never failed my business, I wouldn't be here right now. Maybe I would still be at Berkshire nine to five corporate job and maybe I I wouldn't see this other side of it. So I would say try a lot of things, go towards things that you enjoy. Like what good is a six figure job if you're miserable, right? So don't always follow like what everyone else is doing. Like maybe take notes, right? But if it's not right for you, don't do that. You know, just make sure it aligns with what, who you are as a person. Like, do you like learning about new technologies? Do you like connecting with people? Or are you more numbers and metrics oriented? Meaning, are you more of an analyst person? Do you like working in maybe like, are you more of an introvert and you like just working more like accounting wise, right? So you just got to know yourself more and just really dig deep on a personal level, just knowing who you are and then just uh, seeing what roles are out there that can kind of fit to your uh, personality. And then, of course, um, network like in the Bay Area specifically, like it's small, like, you know, one person that can lead to another person that can lead to a CEO that's willing to hire you on the spot just like that. Uh, Like I said, with my Uber connections, if I didn't know uh kevin or uh ricky or whoever you know they wouldn't i would never ever be in this position right now so i owe a lot of thanks to them as well as well as putting in the hard work and the work ethic nice well all right brian are you ready for the gauntlet we do have a couple we do have (laughs) questions here and i'm sure they're ready to get fired off here and we're going to start it off jackson is going to start off jackson are you ready? Yo, I am here, Brian. Thank you Bring so it. much for speaking with, with us today. It was an absolute pleasure to learn about your unique experience going from sales and then transitioning over to recruiting. Um, my question is, so within your experience over in uh, over at YouTube and over at, or over at Uber and then over at YouTube, in terms of sourcing technical talent, what are some of the most unique strategies that you've had and used to recruit technical talent? This is not like, not, uh, not LinkedIn, not GitHub. Like what is, what are some of the most unique things you've done? Oh man. Uh, I don't want to give any secret sauces. Yeah, <laughs> No problem. Right. But, yeah. um, 
I guess kind of working backwards. Uh, so reverse engineering. So you can try to look at a resume and look at a profile of a person that actually works with the company. And you can see kind of like why did this person get hired, right? And see, okay, you know, they have these qualities right here. They're really proficient in data structures and algorithms. They have, um, let's just say we speak to sales, right? They have really high conversion metrics. And then you just work backwards. Like, okay, what if I look for people from this company or with this experience? So as a recruiter, you're kind of like a scientist too, where you're looking backwards and you're just plugging things into LinkedIn or even your own ATS applicant tracking system and trying to find these hidden gems or people that actually have the puzzle piece that you're looking for. Right. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. That's a cool, cool way you can reverse yeah. engineer. That's great. Yeah. Working backwards rather than diving deep towards something you're really, really trying to look for. That's so cool. Thank you so much for that. I really do appreciate that. Of course. <laughs> Thanks Jackson. Thanks Dan. Appreciate yeah. Gentry, you're up next. Hi, Brian. It's great to meet you. Hi, Gentry. Nice to meet you as well. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and tips. And actually, the point of the metrics, you know, adding that onto your LinkedIn, I think I'm going to do that right after this call. That's such a good, good tip. So thank you. That's awesome. No, for sure. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I just have one question for you. Uh -huh. um, what has been the hardest part of your journey, you know, growing into your recruiting role and why? Wow. That's a great question. Um, Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything, everything's like new to me, but at the foundation of it all, I realize it's communication. It's, it's, communicating at a high level, meaning like making sure balls aren't dropped, making sure you're handling, you're like the middleman, you're like a liaison, like, oh, is everything okay with you, with the candidate, then you're making sure with hiring managers, hey, you think this is a good fit for you, and why or why not? So it's just communicating at a high level, um, also um, really hearing out what the candidate uh, wants or needs, like, it's it's so easy in sales or in recruiting to be how you say uh have a motive right you have an agenda of course you want to push your numbers this and that but i think if you really treat people with respect and how you want to be treated right and just really listening to them and what they want and just catering towards that they'll they'll feel that and they'll see that and they'll be more willing to do what you want to do because you're actually genuinely trying to help them so I would say that's like, great. Yeah, being being a real person and being exactly. genuine and authentic. Yeah, just yeah. be genuine. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much. Of course. Anytime. Let's connect on LinkedIn. Oh yeah. I'm gonna add you. <laughs> okay, cool. Um all right, next up we have Nicole. Hey Brian, nice to meet you. Hi Nicole. Hi. Um, my question is a little specific. <laughs> um, how okay. did you deal with the fatigue when you made so many cold calls? Like it just seems so repetitive and you have to put oh, so man. much energy into it and be like happy on the phone or positive. And you know, that's a lot of calls in one day. So how did you deal with that fatigue? 
and repetitive repetitiveness. One word. Job. Coffee. Really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, so I mean that definitely uh, helps. Um, but it's it's taking some breaks, of course, you know, with any high volume thing that you do, um, it starts to get mundane and you start to lose motivation, right? Um, in the beginning, you're always fired up. You're really excited, right? Yeah. So um, I think maybe three months into cold calling, I got a little fatigued and I was figuring out different ways to just be motivated, right? So uh, luckily at Demand Force, we had like little um, contests mm -hmm. and like incentives to really just drive up. And you got to realize like why you're doing what you're doing, like the bigger picture. Like for me, I saw it as improvement to how you communicate with people right i if you heard me back then i would be stumbling all over the place right <laughs> yeah it's good practice for sure you know you can see exactly. it as that good yeah so i mean just uh having some coworkers that um you can play around with and just have a little contest all right first want to set a demo in the next hour you know gets five bucks or gets coffee from me or something like that right so just right. Really be playful with that mm -hmm. Cool. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. And, and also to add on that, uh, from, from my experience, you know, like we had, uh, you know, especially during the time where, you know, like it's probably right before lunch or right after lunch, you had a, your full belly and you're oh, just yeah. like, uh, I really want to, we had this thing called power hour oh, where yeah. everyone just stands up and, you know, like, you're standing up, no sitting down, you have whatever drink you want to drink. And then you just, crush whatever numbers you have uh and everyone was involved you know and then so when you have everyone involved yep. i think it really just motivates you to, to just keep on going to because we're all highly competitive individuals you know so yeah power hour you're gonna know power hour really well <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah you can't forget that uh next we have spencer Hello, sorry, I'm just booting everything up. Uh, hey, Brian. Uh, so, um, so I wanted to ask, um, do you have any like qual like specific qualities that you look for in a potential candidate? Or is there anything that like you are like they have to have X amount of years experience or you know like certain qualities that like you have you have to have for for this? Um, yeah, I mean, I look at engineers all the time, but speaking more generally. Um, I think depending on the role that you're hiring for um, and what, what hiring managers are looking for, mm. you can deviate some, but I look for that genuine connection. Can they, you know, speak articulately? Can they at least seem like they're really interested in and passionate about the job, right? So mm. you may look good on paper, but I realize that that's not always like the best case scenario where someone actually gets in. Right, yeah. or the reverse. Exactly. So it's a combination of both. And I feel like you need to know enough about the role and be um, prepared and you, you need to have the skill sets as well as that passion behind it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. For sure. Good question. Robert, you're up next. Hey, Brian. So it's good to see that you're doing well. Uh, I hope everything's, everything's going all right since, you know, uh, this whole situation that we're in. So one of my questions uh, for you is what has been, you know, sort of your uh, follow-up process with either clients or candidates um, as, as a recruiter or even uh, in your uh, sales roles? 
the follow-up process um, yeah. within sales or recruiting? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, we have different CRMs, which is customer relationship management systems, one of them being Salesforce, uh, which basically it's like a dashboard that you use. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit? Yeah, yeah. so mm -hmm. it's a dashboard. So let's just say I made 100 cold calls today, right? Mm -hmm. It'll show me what time I made those cold calls, what were my notes in there. Uh, for example, like I'll be like, uh, spoke with Robert in regards to seeing a demo. He said he's not interested today because he's super busy. Try again tomorrow at 11. So then I'll follow up and set a reminder uh, on Salesforce that allows me to follow up around 11 or 10, whatever time he specified. And I said, hey, Robert, I'm calling again for you to see that demo, like you said. Mm -hmm. And then he'd be like, okay, okay, I'm ready today. And then we can move forward with that. So Usually that's a follow-up or you can set, um, there's different tools out there that plug into Chrome that you can have like a little alert that come up and uh, it allows you to reach out to the candidate that way as well. Oh, okay. Excellent. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Jackson, do you have a follow-up question, Jackson, or did you already ask it? Oh, yeah. No, I already asked it. It was right. already asked earlier on. Yeah. Okay, cool, <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Adam. Yeah, hey. Uh, um, hey, thanks, Brian, for uh, sharing all your wisdom and knowledge. Um, I guess for us as applicants, you know, how is it? How can, how can we uh, get feedback from recruiters? You know, for obviously, you know, you're not going to get selected for every position you apply to, but to continuously get better for the next opening that you apply to, how can, how can we get that feedback? Yeah, I mean, it can be as easy as just asking, right? Uh, I know that some recruiters can't give too much detail, but most recruiters can give you the general breakdown of what you need to improve on in regards to just doing better. And then maybe you can even do uh, a mock practice with some friends or not even friends, maybe even like, a mutual friend like someone that you're not so close with because they'll be a little bit more honest your friends might just give you like oh you did good you know but if you talk to someone else a little bit more professional maybe a mentor um or even me like i'd be more than happy to uh do a mock call with you if you want i'm not no expert or anything but um definitely i can shoot out some pointers in tonality or how you present yourself or um some of the skill sets that you want to talk about as well. So yeah, awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. And I think this is our last question and it comes from Hanako. Cool. Hi, Brian. Hi, Hanako. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. How about yourself? Pretty good. Um, thank you so much for um, spending the time to speak with us today. My question is, um, well, you mentioned your parents kind of wanted you to pursue more of like the bio side, like pharmacy side, mm -hmm. um, but you ended up going in a completely different route. And I'm wondering if you yourself have ever had any doubts about the direction you decided to go in your career. And um, I guess the second part of my question is kind of like, what's your motivation to keep exploring like different roles and different experiences, just hearing about um, like the fact that you've done like a bunch of different like roles in different industries. So, Wow. <laughs> Save the best for last, huh? Okay. <laughs> uh, that was a great question. Yeah, so 
to answer your first question, no, I don't have any regrets or um, I don't think about the other side of things. Um, from time to time, I, I do think about like where I would be, but at the same time, there's no point because you are where you are right now. And if you're happy, like you, if you're genuinely happy at where you are, it doesn't matter. The grass will always be greener, but if you're really genuinely happy, it doesn't matter, right? So I think really it's more of a, a spiritual, emotional thing that you have to overcome in time. Like, wow, I'm doing something that I like and I'm getting paid for it. I'm learning and I'm getting compensated. I think that's like the biggest takeaway I took from that. And uh, I'm so glad I took all those risks and tried so many different things and made sure that my passion was aligned uh, with what I wanted to do. I know that a lot of people, you can't follow your true passion all the time because maybe you might not make enough money, right? So you do have to have that balance, right? Um, but I'm doing what I want right now and I'm living my life uh, pretty happily from it. And I have more time freedom than I would have, I believe, if I chose the other route. So really grateful for that. Um, let's see, did that answer most of your question? Um, yeah, and then like the second part was kind of like, if do you have like any source of motivation that keeps you like exploring and, and like wanting to try different roles and experiences? Yeah, um, I don't know. I think I just got this growth mindset bug that just bit me one day. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if you're the same, but like I love learning different things and new experiences. I'm all, always willing to try at least a little just to see how it would go. And you just never know. Like uh, one of my friends picked up painting this past month and now she's progressed so drastically that I, I never thought she would be a great painter. So it's like if she never picked up that paintbrush, she would never know. Right. So if I never right. took that boot camp, I would never know. And I wouldn't be here to talk to you guys about my whole experience. Right. And hopefully right. this could be the seed that you guys need to blossom. Right. So. Awesome. Thank you for that. That's like a really great mindset to have. Awesome. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. Well, all right. It seems like you survived the question gauntlet, Brian. How do you feel? Oh, man, I feel great. <laughs> I'm ready for another 20 minutes. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> don't, don't, don't say that. They'll come. They'll come. They'll, they'll be asking more. Um, well, once again, I appreciate you hanging out with us, answering our questions, giving us a little, a lot of insight in regards to your career and, you know, basically, you know, advice on for those who are looking to get into the field. Um, what I like to do uh, with my guests is, you know, I, I like to give them 30, 30 seconds, a minute to plug in whatever you want to say. You know, I heard you have a YouTube channel. This is definitely the time. Um, <laughs> LinkedIn, how can we connect with you? Uh, and yeah, yeah. So go ahead, man. Yeah, I just want to say thank you guys so much for giving me this opportunity. And thank you guys for asking these great questions as well. Uh, I've always been, believe it or not, super scared to do any public speaking or any type of open forum like this. So the fact that I'm actually doing this, I felt like personally, this is so much personal growth for me. And I decided to start a channel on YouTube. It's called um, MPH, and that stands for Motivation, Passion, and Hustle. And it also stands for miles per hour, as in how fast you're going towards your goals. All right, so a little play on words. So um, 
I can drop a link over there later on if you guys are cool with that. Um, I want to start making motivational videos along with recruiting videos and people connecting people to opportunities. So being in the industry for about three years, I've learned and connected with so many different people that have other opportunities that are open. So I said, why don't I be a resource to other people as well? So if you guys want to connect with me on LinkedIn, um, like I said, it's linkedin.com slash Brian dash We can connect and I can do a quick view or like we can do a role play as well. Uh, we can schedule some time and I'll be more than happy to help you guys out. All right. Awesome. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you from everybody here for hanging out with us. This is another episode of Talking to Unicorns, and we will see you next week. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks.